Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Paula Becker. Paula is the author of A Little Book of Self-Care for Those Who Grieve, A House on Stilts, Mothering in the Age of Opioid Addiction, Looking for Betty McDonald, The Egg, The Plague, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle and I, and co-author of The Future Remembered, the 1962 Seattle World's Fair and its Legacy, and Alaska-Yukon Pacific Exposition, Washington's First World's Fair. Paula Becker has written for HistoryLink.org since 2001. Her 300-plus essays on the site document all aspects of Washington state history. Hi, everyone. I want to give a special welcome to our guest today, Paula Becker. Paula has written a delightful book that actually would make the best, and I mean that sincerely, the best, all uppercase, the best, little gift to give a friend of yours who might have lost someone or who may just still be grieving after a period of time. And we're going to talk about this book. I may even read a page or two because some pages have truly just one word. And Christmas is coming, everyone, so get those gifts ordered early. Very good. (laughs) Very good. So before we start into our discussion, Paula, I want to give you a moment and ask if you would please give our listeners a little bit of your background. Sure, I would be glad to. I am coming to you from my home here in Seattle. Uh, I write about Washington State history and have written a couple of books about World's Fairs. I've written a biography of the author, uh, Betty McDonald, whose most famous book was The Egg and I, a worldwide bestseller in 1945, still in print continuously mm-hmm. in many different languages. Uh, and then I also have written a memoir called A House on Stilts, Mothering in the Age of Opioid Addiction, which tol- tells the story of my relationship with my um, eldest son, Hunter, over the 10 years that he suffered from drug addiction, heroin addiction, battled with that, um, and culminating in his death, not from an overdose, but in 2017. Uh, And that led up to uh, me as a person who is a writer and obviously a reader, kind of uh, desperately grabbing for books that would help me understand how to Get through this, this grief that was engulfing me. And there were a lot of books, you know, there's some good book, grief books out there, but I felt like too many words, you know, you're just, you, it's just like too much stuff on the page and my eyes wouldn't do it. My brain wouldn't do it. And I thought sort of at the time there should be a book that feels like a children's book in terms of you only have a few words on each page, the pictures let you rest your eyes, and that help people in the earliest, earliest days of grief. And I wasn't able to find one, so eventually that was the book that I wrote. Right. Well, there is a quote that if you look on the shelf and you can't find the book you want, you should sit down and write it. Um, 
So you did just that. This book, um, as Paula says, you know, she wanted it to kind of feel like a children's book. When she said the word feels, this book brought me so much emotion, yet at the same time, so much comfort. Because I felt someone else really understands the pain and how devastating this can be. So I have to just read you that these are the first two pages, all right? And the title of the book is A Little Book of Self-Care for Those Who Grieve. Someone is gone and they will not come back. I had to stop after I read that. Two pages, people. Two pages. That hit me with such impact that I stopped. And it was about an hour later, I picked up the rest of the book. And the next page is a very soft picture, a photo of a door. Looking out the door, you see a tree. But it doesn't really look desolate. You just know that you're looking out towards something. And maybe you can't really see what you want to. And then as if that's not enough, the very next page says, weep, scream hate, disbelieve, go numb. And the reader can sit there and just take one word at a time and get all the feels. Paula, you hit the nail on the head with this book. I have Thank to tell you. you. It's so good to hear you say that, Kathy. And I, I have to I have to say my my number one reason for writing this book Um, was that I wanted people in grief to feel that their grief was seen. Well, yes, yes. And you know how it is, too. Sometimes when you're grieving, you get through the funeral, you get through the calling hours, the funeral, the, you know, whether it's a memorial celebration or whether it's just a light dinner, luncheon or something after the ceremony that, you know, you invite people to and there's dish to pass and everything. And you get through all that. And then you're home. Chances are you may be home alone unless you have children or other family around you, but you may be home alone. And it is so hard in your head to figure out what you're doing, what you need to think next. There's just so many things in your head, in your mind. And this book will just help you bring all of those emotions out one word at a time. You know, I, I, I think that, um, to, not to interrupt you, but I, just no, to, build, to build on that, I, I feel like so many times in, in early grief, we're just crawling toward that next thing that we absolutely have to do. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to have a memorial, that can take some of that scattered energy and focus it. And you think, okay, I have to do this. I have to call a caterer. I have to call, you know, a minister or what, however you're going about it. And then that happens. And the next day you wake up and they're still dad. Yeah. And they're still dad. And you, your, your project is done and they're still dad. And you have to Mm -hmm. keep, you know, sitting with that fact, that fact doesn't go away. And, So that to be a hand to hold for someone who was uh, starting to, it was starting to sink in that this loss was permanent. You know, that, that felt like something really important. Exactly. 
Exactly. And this, we talk about self-care a lot on our podcasts. And to a lot of people, if you ask them what self-care means, they might say, oh, go get a pedicure. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's pretty good too. Sure. You know? If that helps, you know? yeah. Go, go get your hair done. Go get some retail therapy, as Stephanie yeah. and I like to call it. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things you can do in that vein. And yes, it will it will help to kind of distract you and make you happy for a little bit. And you may even find yourself laughing. But as soon as you get back home again, mm-hmm. there you are in that same quiet space with all the memories in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of trapped again. So for all of our listeners, please know that self-care also means helping yourself move through this journey, not just stay permanently in one place. It takes time, yes. And sometimes you kind of stay in one place for a little while, but eventually you need to kind of try something else. So these little one words, these single words that Paula has on these pages for me, we're very helpful in that manner. It was like a guide. All right. So now for the moment, I'm just going to cry. That's all. Right. I think it's really important to, um, you know, that, that part of, part of what I'm doing is giving, you know, gentle and simple suggestions, but always with the caveat, if this feels right, or if this is what you need, because I, I, I didn't want to write a kind of book that says, okay, Here's the checklist for right. dealing with your grief, you know, A, B, C, right. and then you're done. No, the idea is that you have permission to do whatever feels right for you that moment, as long as what that feels, as long as that's not going to hurt you. And sometimes that is that at the very last minute, those well-meaning friends who've said to you, we want to go on a walk, we want to support you. And you've said, okay. And then 10 minutes before they're to show up, you think, I can't do this. Right. And self-care can be allowing yourself to text them and say, I am really sorry. My grief is flaring and I can't do this today. I know you love me and let's, we'll do it again another day. Right. So, right. Yeah. We, yeah, we have to put ourselves first at that point. Yeah. And I don't know, Paula, if you did this intentionally or not, but I noticed a little pattern in your book <laughs> I read the page, weep, scream, hate, disbelieve, go numb. They were all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yet the next page, breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you intended that these negative emotions and the ones that are really so hard and everything, you know, do those. Don't dwell on them. Do them. But then you get to breathe. Take some time for that. Uh, yeah, those things those things come to different people. Like not everybody is going to scream. Some people are going to do the opposite. They might go numb. But I think the important thing is that in the in the earliest days, you really just have one job, which is to keep breathing. You don't have to brush your teeth. You know, it's it's more difficult if you have to care for a child. And I'm not I'm not at all dismissing that. Of course, I'm simplifying this. But at the very bottom of the very bottom, you your job is just to keep sucking the oxygen in and breathing Mm -hmm. it out. You know, that's your job. Right. Now, how hard was it as a writer, someone who's used to maybe a commitment of a thousand words or (laughs) a goal of a thousand words? To really limit yourself and knowing that limit, 
search for just the right word? That's a really good question, Kathy. And I'll tell you, this book, um, I, in the introduction, I say that it started as thoughts written down, mm-hmm. you know, on sleepless nights or in the right. aftermath of painful dreams. And it really did. I, I would get up if I couldn't sleep. And sometimes I would have a phrase in my head and it could just be t- two words or eight words. And I would write that down. And I just kept doing that. And as I was mm-hmm. if driving, sometimes a phrase would come to me. And it, eventually I had, you know, a basket full of a bunch of little pieces of paper. And then I really did start arranging them and seeing, you know, where there were holes. And so it it wasn't hard because I wasn't pressing myself, but I felt from the very beginning that this was a book that needed to exist. It was, mm-hmm. you know, you want all your books to exist. You're really sure. happy when they're published. Yeah. You love yeah. seeing them yeah. in the bookstore and the yeah. library. But with this book, I I thought this needs to be in people's hands. This book needs to be mm-hmm. doing the work of comforting people and helping them to feel seen. And so because of that, it wasn't hard because I knew I didn't want it to be big and long. I wanted it to be short. So Right, right. I like how it's short and simple and it's almost like just one or two words. It's like you're giving them permission to feel what they need to feel and just let it out. And then the remembering breathe. You know, I think that that I love that. And you're right. What you said earlier, Paula, about pages and pages. Here's the checklist. Here's what you do. And all these words and sentences. It's it's just too much when you're in it so deep. And the simple words, I think, again, you're giving it permission. And it, it reminded me, mom, we've talked we've spoken on the podcast with a lot of writers and talking about journaling yep. and writing prompts. Yep. I feel like, Paula, your book is um grief prompts. It's it's yeah. almost like, you know, those short those yeah. short words, it's like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let it out. I'm just gonna feel the feelings right. and then move on. That's what it that's what I think of it. I I think the idea that you know, what I'm really doing, especially early with those, those, you know, just a couple of words on each page, I'm trying to be a mirror. I'm just trying because people think I, it's wrong that I feel like screaming. Well, it's not wrong that you feel like screaming and it's okay to do that. But I think that, that people, it doesn't like, it's not that I have to give people permission, but I think some people feel reassured that they're not the only one who feels that way. And if it's in a book, then they're not the only one. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I think they feel like they shouldn't, they shouldn't feel that way. Or maybe even if it's five, 10 years later, I still shouldn't be feeling this way. Well, yes, you can. You're it's still, it was part of your life. This person was part of your life somehow. And you can still grieve that, you know, and you, you don't, yeah, you don't have to, you shouldn't judge yourself and you don't have to have a reason for why, you know, four, five, 10 years down the road, you walk into, you know, a store and all of a sudden the person just, it just hits you, your grief again. You don't always know why, right? but to say, wow, I feel that, you know, to, to just let it wreck, be recognized. Mm -hmm. I think that helps us to be able to move more freely within our world if we're not denying something that's happening in right, us. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, even at one point in the book, you mentioned, it's a cautionary statement. I'm not going to read it word for word because I'm not going to give our listeners everything. <laughs> You're going to have to go get it. 
but you caution and you you tell people to be careful because you are in shock yeah and i can just picture somebody thinking oh my gosh that's true i am in shock and maybe they hadn't thought of it in yeah. that perspective at that point but then as they start to realize that it may give them a whole different view of their grief and things they might need to do yes yeah one of my favorite books on grief is by Megan Devine. It's mm -hmm. okay that you're not okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are tons of words in that book. <laughs> what I liked, I took it almost paragraph by paragraph. It was yes. a very conversational book. And I felt like she was just having a conversation with me. And she was mirroring, certainly mirroring a lot of my emotions and feelings and thoughts as well. Yes. And your book is similar, but I love the simplicity of it. I just truly do. The photo, or the, not photos, their pictures, their drawings are beautiful. Now, you did not do those, correct? No, I didn't do them, but I I really, and I wish that uh, the people <laughs> that listening to this podcast could see the images. I hope that you'll, you'll you know, go to a bookstore and look at it or go online and, and, and look at some of the images that are, that are posted um, mm -hmm. because... I had a lot of, I am not the level of artist that could produce, you know, watercolors mm -hmm. for a book. I mean, I right. dabbled, but I knew some of the uh, moods that I wanted and even specifically some kind of, you know, images that I could give to the illustrator as a prompt. So I took a lot of photographs of things that belonged to me, okay. pictures of like, there's a there's a, an illustration of a Buddha. That's something that I have mm -hmm. at my house, and like my my own jewelry, uh, a tattoo, a memorial tattoo. These all end up in the book, but they're you know rendered in these beautiful watercolors by an artist named Rebecca Nichols, who uh, is based in Austin. I haven't met her, but I'm so so grateful because it really does. The art supports the whole idea that this book should. It's dealing with such such hard yeah. hard stuff, but that it is doing it in a gentle way, and mm -hmm. that that the pictures give your eyes something to rest on, and I think right. that's so important, you know. Right, right. And then there's another section in in the book that gave me pause. You spoke about yoga, and Stephanie, you'll relate to this one, mm -hmm. and you talked about a particular pose in yoga yeah. called. Savasana, I believe is the name. I'm not sure I pronounced it correctly, but you said it's also called the corpse pose. And I thought, Ooh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> so I looked it up on Google, my favorite yeah. place to go. I looked it up and it told me that that is usually the pose that's done at the very end of yes. your yoga session when you just lie flat on the floor on your back. Now, Stephanie, That's my what favorite was your response? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's everybody's favorite pose. And there are some, I have uh, been in yoga classes where someone says at the beginning of the class to the teacher, I'm having a really hard day. I'm just going to be in Savasana the whole class. Okay. <laughs> and of course the yoga, they are like, yes, you know, whatever I offer you be in Savasana the whole class. But right. the, 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 when I uh, wrote that, I knew that that was a really hard, you know, that that's very uh, stark. It's a stark way to put it. And my husband is always my first reader on everything. And, and he read that and he, he was like, whoa, <laughs> like, ow, you know. But the yeah. thing is, I was basing that on 
all the yoga that I did after Hunter was killed mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah. remembering lying there in Shavasana in its darkened studio with tears just silently streaming mm -hmm. out of my eyes mm -hmm. until they, my ears were full of tears. Yeah, I would have to right. tip my head over. And I thought, you know what? Part of it is that you are in that position, that you are touching the earth and it's a strong, strong place of healing. And so I wanted that to be there. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. Now I know how to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> but I also think it's a difficult pose because we're not used to just relaxing. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. How difficult is it sometime if, well, if the power is out and you can't watch TV and you don't have lights to read a book and you can't use your phone for one reason, you know, <laughs> here we are forced in this isolation really and it's so difficult yeah so yeah. that's what that pose kind of makes me think of too that you're, you're to lie there on the ground on your back and just do nothing just be there's there. also you know child's pose which is often how yoga uh classes start and that's in the book too and and you know as a sort of book into that because in child's pose you are down like the way you know a two-year-old might sleep you know, with their, their knees all pulled up. And it's a very private place where no one is seeing your face. And that is also a very powerful place to yeah. focus on how, what you're feeling, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, there's just some very powerful words and images. The first time, you know me, I'm wound tight. Okay. Let's be honest here. <laughs> and for me to relax, but I think the whole mentality of yoga and meditation because I thought I was like oh I'm gonna laugh I can't be quiet like that I can't relax <laughs> but yeah. it was fantastic and you the usually your instructor there's soft music in the background which helps but your instructor just has like this soft monotone voice and if you just really concentrate on that and when they're they're telling you to feel you touching the ground to feel being mm -hmm. part of it you know it just makes you feel things deeper and it actually mm -hmm. does help you relax. So if anyone out there hasn't tried it yet, try it. You know, there's free apps and free things out there for 10, just yeah. 10 minutes, even just try right. it and just really let go of everything. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and it, and it doesn't, it, I totally agree with you, Stephanie, but I will also say it doesn't have to be yoga. I think the important thing for, about yoga for me is that it helps me to practice being present in the present moment, right? Yeah, and you're not right. doing your list. But there are other things that do that too. And one of the things that I talk about is just being in nature, you know, mm -hmm. feeling the, 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 just the air on your skin and the, the ground under your feet, that's good medicine. And it's yeah, something it that is free and anybody can have it. You don't right. have to plan ahead for it or get a babysitter or any of those mm -hmm. things. You can walk out and you can say, I'm concentrating on how that sun feels on my, on my face. Everything in my life is really hard right now. I'm really sad. I miss my person horribly, but the sun feels good on my face mm -hmm. and that's okay. I'll yeah. take that. That's yeah. something. And sit yeah. and do yeah. that for 15, 30 minutes if you can. Like that's just, just your own yes. personal peace and that's the self-care. Like. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's not like, you know, like us as moms, I, I read something recently like, oh, we feel like 
uh, going to the grocery store by ourselves with no kids is a is self care. No, that's doing normal <laughs> life. That's not taking care of yourself. So realize those differences and yeah, just just be in the moment and literally take care of yourself for a minute. <laughs> and and what 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 is self care for each person is what feels like self care to them. Right. So. It might be that being in the grocery store does feel like self-care to, to someone who is able to just let everything else go and they're concentrating on who knows the colors of the cans or, I mean, right. you know, I, I think that what, w there's a lot of different ideas in, in a little book of self-care for those that grieve and, and right. none of them are going to work for an, everybody. Right. I'm hoping that a couple will work for, you know, anyone who reads the book mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and that it's also just the idea of, noticing things that might be helpful and letting yourself try them. And you don't have to commit to it. You can try it. And if it like, there's some strange, strange things that I felt compelled to do in the first year of my grief. And this is going to sound really strange, but like I have, I, I had at the time, very curly hair and hair that I like would wash it, scrunch it up, put product in it and go. I never brushed my hair because if I brushed it, it turned into a big, you know, giant mop. Right. But somehow I felt like I had to buy a hairbrush and I had to feel the feeling of the bristles going across my scalp. I hadn't done that in 15 or 20 years, but I was like, okay, grief, huh. I'm okay. going to do this. And we, I don't know why. And, and I did it and it felt really good. And I didn't have to do it for very long, but there was something in me like somatic thing that needed that hmm. and that it helped me with my grief. I don't know what it means, but I'm just <laughs> offering that right. if there's something like that, that you're like, oh, that's crazy. Surely that won't help. It might not, but it doesn't hurt to try. Right. <laughs> and right. now I have a hairbrush. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sometimes it's the littlest detail, you right. know, that will make a difference. Yeah. But um, yes, and you are right. You know, we've said on a lot of our podcasts, too, that everybody's grief is different. It's as unique as our fingerprints are. Mm -hmm. That's um, right. It, you know, it depends on who we lost, how long we knew them, what kind of a relationship we had, and the fact that just everybody is different. So right. sometimes you just have to look at some suggestions. One will strike you and you think, oh, let me give that a try. That sounds okay. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. But again, know that self-care means more than just doing something for one second that and you know that may make you feel good and don't allow yourself to feel guilty right or selfish right. for doing it right think of right. it as it's part of healing mm -hmm. you have yeah. to heal yourself yeah and if you don't take care of yourself then your grief journey is going to be more difficult more challenging and it's going to take a lot longer to get to the point where you feel like all right i can manage this and yeah. you'll note i didn't say get over it because i don't believe you ever get over it no i am convinced i will grieve for the rest of my life yep um yep. that's just the way it is you know it will change i will adapt things will change I right now I am very very happy in my life and four years ago before my husband died I never would have thought 
I would be able to return to that level of happiness. But it's different. It's yes. different. But that self-care, you have to have to do that. It's got to be part of it. It's got to be part of your prescription, whatever it means to you. And, you know, the other thing is that, and I don't know if you felt this way or not, but I, it was a, a real grace thing for me that immediately, almost after Hunter was killed, I, I felt how many other people in the world were grieving. I mm -hmm. physically felt like I had, you know, lay down on water. Like if you're going to float on your back, right. I, I felt the, the, the buoyancy of other people's grief all around me in a way. And it wasn't like anybody said to me, Oh, we're all grieving too. It was like, yeah. I felt it. And yeah. I think that we, we get to be sort of hypersensitive in that early right. grief time. And that, that to me, that, I mean, somebody that might find that not comforting, but to me, I was like, Oh, mm -hmm. I'm not alone. Other people right. are grieving and they always are. And they always have been, and they always will be. This is not abnormal. Right. It's a new right. thing for me, but it is not abnormal. Right, right. And lastly, in the book, you can tell I love this book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank my very, you. <laughs> my very favorite page is happens to be page 98. And it just says simply, know that we all, in time, walk this road. Mm -hmm. And that's true. For those that haven't experienced grief yet, I'm not going to say you're lucky. I'm not going to say just wait. You will at some point feel a very devastating grief. And I know that every single person has already had grief in their life. It may right. not be from a death of a loved one. It might be from a divorce. It may be from a job that didn't pan out or a layoff or even things that happened during the pandemic. It's all grief. I'm even convinced that one of the reasons the world is in such chaos now is because there are so many people grieving. Yeah. And Agreed. they just cannot get a grip, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. at any rate. And they probably don't realize that they're grieving. I think no, the first instance, no. I mean, we've talked about it before. The first instance is if you're grieving, people always assume it's someone in your life has died. Well, that's not just right. it. It's other things. Right. It's other exactly. law, other types of losses. Right. So I think right. that the, the people right. just aren't realizing that they have right. grief. Yeah. Right. And I go back to Dr. Bill's very simple definition that grief is merely an unwanted reaction to an unfortunate incident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, but at any rate, listeners, you gotta buy this book. Yeah. Oh, you gotta buy it. Whether you buy it for yourself, pass it around to all your yeah. friends, whether you buy it as a gift, but you have to buy this I, book. I wanna say too, and I appreciate that so much. And I put I really hope that people will feel like this is something they can put into someone else's hands because mm -hmm. there are times when even those of us who talk about grief all the time and write about grief and are comfortable with grief. Mm -hmm. When we have a bereaved person, sometimes we don't know what to say either because that's, right. that's normal. That's natural. That's right. I also want to say, so I think it, I hope that this book is given to people that the, the, the giving is part of mm -hmm. the medicine of the book, in my opinion. But also mm -hmm. I will say that um, there is a wonderful, wonderful, audio recording that um, uh, an audio uh, actor, Heather Henderson, 
um, has made and it's available on all the different platforms. And it, of course, it's short because the book is short. But I have a feeling that that's the kind of thing that some people might find themselves playing when mm -hmm. they can't sleep at night. And it's sure. it it does it doesn't have pictures, obviously, but it it conveys the, 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 the comfort of the book. And it has the additional added benefit of someone is, is reading it to right. you, which I think is comforting right. in a deep, deep way. Yeah. Well, now I have to go check my audio account <laughs> if I can get it there just so I can hear the words. Well, and I just, I wanted to say quick before we go is I'm purchase I'm purchasing the book, the self-care book for grief. And I'm going to send it to someone who I know recently lost her daughter oh. and she has all of her grandkids. Oh, now I'm going to break down. <laughs> um, oh. But I also bought, bought your other book for myself. So oh. people go right into Amazon and put those in your cart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and if you like them, please post reviews because that really, really does help. Okay. You know, it, it makes, yep. it makes a real difference and people yep. look for that. You post so. the reviews on Amazon. Is that what is best? Yeah. Okay. You can do that or it, yeah. or if you're in, uh, there's lots of other book, you know, buying uh, you, any of them, however you buy it or, or even just go walking into your independent bookstore and saying, I love this book. You guys should carry it if you don't right. carry it, you know. Yeah. I do at that all the time at Lift Ridge and Brockport. They get tired of seeing me. <laughs> I, I'm going to suggest this lady again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm guess I'm guessing I'm, I'm guessing if you come in there often they do not get tired of you. <laughs> I bet they love they, you. They really don't. They really don't. They're delightful. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Paula, it's time to wrap up for today. And I know you've spoken directly to our listeners about some things, but we want to give you a few moments to speak to our audience and just convey anything you would like. Tell them, uh, you know, maybe about, I don't know if there's future books coming, anything at all you would like them to hear from you. This is your message without me primarily interrupting <laughs> you with questions. Well, I want to thank both of you, Kathy and Stephanie, for having me on this podcast and giving me a chance to talk about a little book of self-care for those who grieve. And I think um, what I would say to the listeners is if you're feeling grief, it, owning it is is something that sometimes can help and, you know, not turning from it because it's there. Um, and I hope the book is a, a comfort to you if you are grieving. And I hope that if you have someone that you care about who is in grief, that the book will help them too. I don't have a future project right now because I really feel like I'm trying to be Johnny Appleseed for this grief book and <laughs> spread the word. And I'm a huge believer in word of mouth. So if you, if you hear this and you tell somebody else about it, then you're helping. And if you, if you buy a copy for someone, you're helping and you know, and including getting your library to, to have it. I love my books in libraries. That's actually almost right. more thrilling than anything else mm -hmm. is to see because you know how many people are going to get to read it. So absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, I will uh, start my own private little campaign <laughs> here in the <laughs> corner you. of the world. And we do have an international audience as well. So people around the globe that listen to this podcast will hear about your book. Marvelous. And, uh, we would like it to spread so widely everywhere, everywhere. I think it's delightful. Uh, I would almost like to see funeral homes give it as a gift. That would be amazing. So, yeah. And we happen to know a few funeral directors as well <laughs> that we are uh -huh. going to, that I am going to make mention of this book too. So, because we've had Thank some you. as guests on our podcast. 
So we have to wrap it up for today. Again, Paula, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to speak with us today. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the words on the pages in your book and the illustrations as well. It is, I'm just going to say it again, listeners, it is the best book that you could possibly have for yourself. And it's the best book that you can just quietly give to someone who is starting their journey in grief. Remember self-care, and this book will do it, I have to tell you. Can't say it enough. So remember self-care of yourselves it's very very important go ahead paula just thanking you so much oh, thank you thank you for thank welcome. you for for getting the book and thank you for, for i mean by getting i mean understanding yeah. <laughs> and, and for helping to spread the word i really oh, appreciate absolutely that. i'm i'm so delighted that our paths i crossed. have to interject again i know we were trying to end this but <laughs> we you know when you find out that someone has passed you tend to get a card and mail a card this would be mm-hmm. a perfect thing to do. Buy this book, write a little message inside the book to them, and mail that to them. I feel like they're going to get so much more from this book instead of a card. And if you yeah. look at the price of cards, usually cards kind of eventually get thrown away. Yeah. This book won't. No. If they don't keep it themselves, it will get passed yeah. on. It's that type of thing. So that was a great idea, Stephanie. It's not, it doesn't cost much more right. than some of the greeting cards on the show. And they'll get so today. much more so, out of it. Yeah, that's a great idea. And and you yourself giving it as a gift, I think will get more out of it as well. Right. Yeah. So, all right, we really have to try I to know. Okay, self care everybody. Gonna, I know. <laughs> it's a great conversation. Everyone Thank take you care all. of yourselves and we'll love to have you back for our next episode as we all continue to live in grief. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.